college admissions is an ever-changing landscape. And applying to college has never been harder in wake of our new normal. That's why we are revolutionizing college admissions, one application at a time. Welcome to Talk College to Me, a D100 radio podcast featuring your co-hosts, Lynn Stewart and Vicki Thompson. Thank you for tuning in to episode nine of Talk College to Me. This episode is titled Straight Talk. For this episode, we are shining the spotlight on Dylan and Nikolai, our executive producers and members of the class of 2021. So Dylan and Nikolai, for the past eight weeks or so, you had an opportunity to interview admission professionals from a wide range of colleges and universities. Are there any particular moments that stand out or things that are surprising? Um, this is for Dylan first. Well, thank you, Ms. Stewart, for having us on. I mean, we've been on for the past eight weeks, but it's been nice to be in the spotlight. Um, I'm Dylan with D100, and actually what I would say is starting off the season, we had the episode to test or not to test, and standardized testing has been a huge part of the class of 2021 because in terms of test sites being closed, no one can get, no one can test. And when I heard Boston College's Jeff Gallant say not to test, that was when it all came into the limelight for me because I was like, going into, the, going into Talk College to me, I thought, do I really buy into this test optional um, program and a lot of parents aren't doing that. And when I heard Boston College say it, when I heard all these rest of our guests that we've had in the past eight weeks say that it's actually they actually mean it's test optional. That was the biggest. I think that was the biggest moment for me because everybody has had that same question. And I think it's going to take a couple of years if they keep the test optional policies for everybody to buy into it. But now I'm bought in after hearing these people because they're the ones that are reading the applications. And it's just and I've always kind of been against standardized testing because I don't really think it shows the person. Um, but when they said it themselves, that was what really shocked me. Yeah. Yeah. Nikolai? Yeah. So, you know, I also to concur with Dylan, you know, standardized testing, you know, we started out, I went on a couple college things and over the summer and they're like, you know, we went test optional, but if you go test optional, we'll probably assume you did bad on the test or you, but it started to come to fruition in the colleges that, you know, pandemic's not ending anytime soon and it's a lot harder to get a test so the term test optional kind of i feel like is actually turned into test optional you know so i after you know as dylan said jeff gallant and all of them you know really showed how standardized testing is turning more or less of a shifted emphasis from that into your essays and through all different components of the application you know was, that was definitely interesting and another thing I got out of this podcast, which shocked me, that over 200,000 applications are submitted <laughs> just the night before the November 1st deadline. I mean, that is a lot of procrastination. <laughs> Thank you, Nikolai. You know, one of the things I like, too, that I'm seeing more and more, because I think it goes hand in glove, schools that are, are test optional are also applying that to scholarships. Because it's one thing to say it's test optional for admission, but for students who depend on scholarships and aid to not be eligible for the scholarship, um, for some students, they won't be able to afford the institution. So a lot of schools are really sort of getting in line with, you know, not just the admissions, but also with, um, with scholarships. I know I had a student that was registered to take the test at a particular school 
And three days before the test was to be administered, there was an outbreak of COVID and the school shut down. So, and, and SAT would not transfer her admission to another site. So, you know, she, she's, you know, she is, will probably get into the school, but I don't know if she'll be able to qualify for the scholarship because um, that was a important part for her. So, and she was trying to raise, she was trying to raise her score. So yeah, COVID's not going away. Um, it's not going away. So thank you guys for answering that question. No, and, and, you know, no college in the country would want you to compromise your health and safety to go take a test. Uh, and and I, I'm glad to know you all learned that from our guests. That was pretty clear in their messaging. Um, Dylan and Nikolai, it has been such a pleasure to work with you and to do this podcast with two real live seniors going through the process. Um, I appreciate your insight and um, I've actually gotten to see you kind of grow through this. It's been it's been really nice. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. So I know you have a good college counselor and you were taught early on to think broadly and explore a lot of different options for your college list. How has that evolved over time? How does your college list look different than the one that you started with? And, and what were the things that drove those changes or updates to your college list? Let's start with Nikolai this time. You know, so when I started my college list, you know, you, you hear from probably every admissions counselor. There's 5,300 colleges in America. You're, you're bound to find one that'll, or find one or seven or 10 that'll, that'll help find your, like, niche. So, you know, my list developed, you know, through my interests and, you know, what city I wanted to be in or how I wanted to really experience. So I started probably with about 20 schools and, you know, I went into their website, researched, looked at Naviance, and, you know, I started dwindling it down from there. It's like, you know, do I, this low retention rate, do I, maybe students aren't liking it here or the graduation rate doesn't seem so good for this place, probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> so great things that I learned along the way is, you know, looking up like the university name, like XYZ University, and then just typing in com common data set right off the bat in Google, you know, it comes up with great information. You know, from then on, you know, a lot of my changes really came from how the program is for my major that I want to do in college, which is business, and, you know, how the student life is on campus. You know, I, I read student reviews on the Internet, and, you know, it gave me a pretty good perspective of the day-to-day -day life. So from there, you know, I dwindled it down, and I, I probably got about 12 schools on my list from where I started around 20, 25 schools. So it really goes to show you that, you know, I, I kind of made a spreadsheet and put it all through. I'm a numbers guy, so I, I had the spreadsheet. So that, that's kind of the way I dwindled down my list. Great, thanks. Dylan, how about you? Well, not surprisingly, but maybe surprisingly, is I'm completely opposite. I'm not a numbers guy. And basically the way that I kind of put my list together is, can I see myself there? And, and, and I'll plug the Determining Your Fit episode. Because my list started at around 20, like Nikolai said, but mine's down to around eight or 10. And it's just been, and I just, I just have to vision myself. Like I'm a visionary. So when I see, I can just see myself there. And that's basically how I've kind of seen my way through the list. And of course, there's always the couple few, that, there's always the few that 
you want to put in because it's like the number one school in the country or, or however. But you, again, it's not a numbers game. It's not about rankings. It's about if you can fit there. And that's actually what I've probably learned about most about myself throughout the whole process, jumping into the next question. But you, you mentioned some really helpful resources for, for listeners. Is there anything in particular that was helpful in light of, you know, the pandemic and not being able to visit as many schools? Did you find anything particularly helpful? Was it going directly to the college's website or? Their information sessions, I thought were very good. So I, a lot of them, because they can't do um, official campus tours anymore, obviously, they'll have a Zoom webinar, which means that they have an admissions officer and then one the two uh, one the two current students. And they basically give all perspectives they can because the admissions officer tells you the statistics and how applying works, the logistics of the school, the programs that they have. Then the, they bring the students in at the end for the last 15 minutes to answer questions and to talk about the life there. And they hear, and they hear actually like audibly from someone that, and that, that was the most impactful to me, I would say. Good. So I have another question for you guys. Um, what have you learned about yourself in the process? I know this is a, an educational journey, but it's also a personal journey. Let's start with you, Dylan. So the college application process is actually much more about yourself than it is the actual college, in my opinion, because basically you're picking your colleges based off of you. And going, in, going into this process, as a lot of people do, as I said earlier, you look at rankings and you look at, if I get into this college, then what will people think about me? And if I get into this college, what will people think about me? But at the end of the day, it's, if you have to do that, that's not the college you should be at, because unless if, unless if there's a specific program that you are dead set on. And the other, and parlaying off of that is, don't let it define you either, because at the end of the day, you're yourself, and an institution does not have that power to overrule who you are. Good advice. Nikolai? So coming into this process, you know, I, I'm a chronic procrastinator. I hate to say it, but that's what I am. You know, and I did a pre-college program before, and I didn't realize winter break was in between when I needed to get my letter of recommendations. So I was, <laughs> so I was kind of piling in everything to pretty much the last last couple of days of the, the application due date. So my counselor sat me down and said, go buy a big calendar, put every single date on of when you need stuff in. And because at that point, they don't mess around at the big leagues for college applications. So God, do not procrastinate. So I, I came into the process realizing we got to be on our A game. And I realized that the work that I put in now will result in where I spend the next four years of my life. So I took this process quite seriously. And, you know, I, I'd laugh when I, I had a couple of friends who would ask me how the deadline works. Is it 11.59 my time zone, the college time zone? Oh, goodness. And, and at that point, if you're asking that question, you're already <laughs> too late. Yeah, uh, that's true. You know, it also made me realize that, you know, figuring out what I want to do in the next five years, what I think I want to do. I, I don't know what I want to do, but, you know, put it, selecting the box of what major or what college that you'd like to enter in in the university really made me develop as a person to realize where do I want to see myself. Right. Hey, you guys have done, done some good thinking. <laughs> wow, that's some, that's a, some profound thinking there, boys. Um, okay, you. my next question is, and we'll just keep it going with Nikolai. 
Is there anything you wish you had done differently so far? And do you plan to implement changes with any remaining applications? You know, when I when I saw this question earlier, I was trying to think to myself, what would I change with my application? And you know, nothing really came to mind, but a no to the question is kind of pretty lame. So I, I thought of something. <laughs> you know, I'd probably try to make my supplemental essays for the colleges like more humorous and more like my personality to try to be different from the other applications. And you know, I'd also probably focus on establishing a, a deeper connection between the university and me because you know, a lot of the colleges say that if you can copy and paste this line to the other school or like it looks like it could be for any school, that's not deep enough. So I, that's what I would adapt and change for my regular decision applications. Okay, Dylan? Um, well, actually going back on saying nothing with this question, quite honestly, this whole kind, this whole time I've just kind of been being myself and writing myself, which I, which I hate to say, it, but a lot of college applicants out there do not write themselves. I, and that would be one of my recommendations: is do not try to write something that you that you generally are not, because I, I, I from what we've heard in these past episodes, they can see right through that, and it's not. And if you have to do that, then that's not the college for you. Um, and whatever it takes for me to be, like whatever it takes for me to be determined to do these applications, that's what's been powering me through this whole thing. And I, and that's the only way I kind of feel right to doing it, to doing the application process this way. Yeah, thank you. Good. It's important to personalize it. That's one of the ways, you know, we had a whole episode on fit and, and determining fit often comes from responses to supplement questions where they're trying to decide if you can, you know, be a healthy member of their community and, and contribute something. So supplements are, are a good way to, to get yourself across and make sure a college understands why you want to go and what you'll do once you get there. Um, important not to just look at college websites and try to repeat some information. Do not copy off the brochure. Or the <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a no-no. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, who did you include in your village? And your, by your village, I mean the people around you, parents, peers, your counselor, anybody you may have chosen to review essays, talk through your college list. Was it helpful to enlist the support of adults in this process? Well, I included, of course, my counselor. Always, always make use of your college counselor, along with my parents and my very close friends. And what I would say is bringing adults into the process really helps because they've kind of been through the process and most of them have, and you, they kind of will tell you straight up and talk to you about your essays about if they're really, because it's basically giving you a different perspective of, because what you think it says, maybe someone else who's never seen it before does not see the same thing that you're trying to convey. So that's, that's what I think the most impactful way of bringing an adult into the process is. But of course, use your college counselor because they know more about they know more about the admissions process than anyone else around your family. Great. Nikolai? You know, my village was definitely a small village, a couple villagers in there. So it was my parents, of course, also my college counselor. Make sure you use, make use of the college counselor at, the, at your school and a, f a few select fr friends. <laughs> so, you know, throughout the, my, at my village, I wanted to make sure 
my voice, you know, wasn't lost through through my essays. I didn't. That's why I really wanted to reduce how many people see the essay because I didn't want essay or I didn't want like comments on the essay that took away from my voice. So the edits people made in my village were were more grammar mistakes and also helping me realize whether or not what I'm writing about is something is is coming across the wrong way or also emphasizing things that should be emphasized or de-emphasizing things, that sort of thing. So, you know, it was incredibly helpful. You can't really do this process by yourself with no one. You know, if it's just having a friend or just just have a second eyes on it is really what I should say. Because without that, you know, you won't really, things that might not come across the way you want it to come across. Good. That's great. It's nice to have some people you you trust to rely upon just to make sure you're getting yourself across the right way. That's wonderful. Okay. So thinking back to when you all were juniors and you were starting to think about this process and, and now having come all the way through it, when you think back, what was the thing that was intimidating for you? What were you the most nervous about when you were looking at entering senior year and going through this whole college process? You know, for this, well, before I came into it, I was kind of nervous about letter recommendations and doing all and kind of writing the essays because I didn't really have any clue how that really worked. So that really was intimidating at the beginning. But once I came into the process, you know, the, the personal statement still stayed intimidating to me because for the longest time, I kind of lacked the motivation to write out the personal statement. And I really had trouble from preventing it from being the impersonal statement as this just could be anyone's essay. You know, I'd constantly tweak and delete things in the essay and kind of just mess with it, see what seems good or whatever. But, you know, I was on one of these uh, info sessions and one of the one of the admissions officers said, great advice to know when your when your personal statement is good to go is if you can drop it on the ground without your name on it and the person who picks it up can easily find it and return it back to you. It's mm, good advice. And then, you know, after that, at the end, it was kind of once in November or I guess October was hitting the submit button was pretty intimidating <laughs> at that point because every time I was about to click submit, I wanted to check over that last thing or fix the brackets to colon or fix the brackets to parentheses, you know, silly things like that. Just making sure the application was perfect was pretty intimidating to hit that submit button. And I'll parlay off of the submit button because that was actually, that was the most intimidating part of the whole process for me as well, because that's, it's basically, it's like the last, it's the last gate until everything that you've done, you're going to see if it's going to pay off. And that, and I think, and that, and I think that's the biggest part of this process as well is in learning yourself and learning your achievements. Once you hit the submit button, there's nothing else you can do. So put it, so put it all in before. Take the time if you're a junior, get started now. Get started over the summer. We had, we were lucky because of, um, in terms of COVID, we couldn't really go anywhere, so we just got started our application process. But get started early, so when you hit the submit button, you're confident and you know, and you know it's the best you can do. That's good advice, and and then let it go. You know, mm -hmm. the colleges, the people that work in colleges are, are in admissions offices are, are trained to choose the right people for their communities. So you've got to trust the process and it all goes well. Nicola, you said something about letters of recommendation and 
for the juniors out there, this is a big year for you because relationships are important. Nothing makes me more sad is when I'm working with a student entering their senior year and they're, they have a, a time, a really hard time trying to figure out who can write a good letter of recommendation. They may not have connected to enough faculty on their campus. And so, you know, staying after class to ask a question, being engaged in your learning, all those things are really important so that you can have a, a variety of people to, to ask for letters of recommendation. The other thing I wanted to add too is this may bring some comfort to members of the class of 2021, but those anxious feelings that you have before you hit the submit button, I think Dylan, you summed it up really well. It's sort of like the culmination of all you've worked for, your heart and soul you put into it. Mm -hmm. You know, one one submit and you know your future is entirely in someone else's hands. But keep in mind because I know both of you apply to more than one school. When colleges, and I worked in colleges for a long time, when they make those offers, with the exception of early decision, sometimes there's that same anxious feeling on the college side, because just because they made you an offer doesn't mean you're going to accept. If you have applied to 10 colleges, and you get into six, that means there are five colleges you are going to reject. So those, those six colleges or those 10 colleges, whatever you got into, they're very nervous because if they admitted you, it's because they want you to come. But they know that you have choices. So then you have the power then there's a power shift and you have the power and you will decide who you accept and who you will softly reject. <laughs> the, shoe, the shoe goes to the other foot. Yes, yes. Yeah. So just hold on, just hold on. It's coming, stay strong. Yeah, and, and be kind. And when you know for a fact that you will not attend a school, let them know so that they can move on. You know, it's like breaking up with a girl that it's just not working out and you just, you got to let her move on. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> or or if a girl breaks up with a guy, you know, you got to let her move on, you know. Um, so this gets to my last question for you guys, because I, I know you try to be in the spotlight here. But uh, what advice can you pass on to the class of 2022? regarding the college search and the application process? First and foremost, get started early. I already said that one. But more importantly, do not let or think that the college that you, if they reject you, don't let that define you. Because I know everybody, I mean, that's basically how everybody thinks all the way through their high school career, especially at the school that Nicola and I are at. And at the end of the day, you're the holder of your own success in life. It's not, it's not going to be your college is not going to be your diploma and not the and the institution is not that only reads a little snippet about you is not going to define you for the rest of your life so remember that when you go into this process even though a lot of us are go-getters and we want to apply these large schools that have a five percent acceptance rate but at the end of the day don't let them define you because at the it's just like a lottery you know i heard somebody once say if you are in your 30s and you're still talking about where you went to college as your claim to fame 
You've had a sad life. Something's wrong. <laughs> okay, Nikolai, I'm going to pose the same question to you. What advice can you pass on to the class of 2022 regarding the college search and application process? I would definitely say in the summer of junior year, going to senior year, make a common app account and just start filling it out as much as you can day by day. And, you know, start researching co colleges, maybe even before, you know, go visit once COVID is over, visit colleges, you know, that you're starting to become interested in maybe end of sophomore to junior year, you know, just start, you know, think about college, but don't make that your overarching, always thinking about college and sophomore and junior year, but really start to hone in once it hits second semester junior year and really start getting your eyes on the prize for the November 1 and January 1 deadline. And it's never too early to start writing essays. Guys, that's great advice. Great it really advice. Is. From two really high achieving members of the class of 2021 and our executive producers of Talk College to Me. So we have one episode left before the season ends. In our last episode, we decided to go out with a bang with our listener's choice episode. So for those of you listeners that have provided feedback and comments and questions about the college process, we've taken all of that information and we've invited guests to join us for the next episode. Um, and we will address, we will address those questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more information discussed in this episode, please visit d100.college. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this episode are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their respective institutions or organizations. Thank you for tuning in to Talk College to Me. See you next week.